Revealing the person and ministry of Jesus through the teaching of God's word and the demonstration of power. The transforming word of God with Reverend Enoch Abisai. And now, today's word. Jesus. Isaiah 61 verse 7 For your shame you shall have double and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion therefore in their land they shall possess the double everlasting joy shall be unto them everlasting joy shall be unto them hallelujah today we are looking at restoration of dignity of purpose and destiny Restoration of the dignity that God ordained for our destiny. The beauty, the honor, the splendor that God ordained for our destiny. In other words, any assignment and calling of God upon your life there is going to be the restoration of the dignity that is with it. Say amen. And tonight, I want you to be assured, we are going to be dealing with some very sensitive things and I want you to to follow with your spirit. Somebody shout amen. And when you are, whatever you are asked to do, just do it. When it is time to pray, just pray. Because today will mark the new beginning that you have been waiting for. Somebody shout amen. This amen is a sleep shout and louder amen. The Lord said unto me that tonight is a night of deliverance where I cause my people to align to my purpose for their lives. Align. Say amen. Restoration of dignity of purpose and destiny. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 one of the things I want you to understand is that God has programmed every believer for an, a specific assignment everyone whether you are even whether you are a believer or not God has programmed you with a specific assignment that is why he said I know the thoughts that I think towards you say the Lord not your father or your mother. Say the Lord. They are taught of peace and not of evil. What is the end of it? To bring you to an expected end. Not an end you are expecting, but the end that God is expecting for you. Please, I want you to understand something that God has an expected end for you. 
So I'm here today to announce to you that you shall not end in shame in the name of Jesus. Your life will not end as a disgrace in the name of Jesus. Your life will not end anyhow in the name of Jesus. Why? Because God has an expected end. Lift up your hands. Say that in the name of Jesus, the will of God concerning my life shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, shout amen. Take your seat. The purpose and assignment of God is designed, is planned, is programmed by God. God is the one that pro is the engineer of your life. God is the engineer of your life. Everybody sitting here today. God is the engineer of your life. God is the one that has ordained your life to an expected end. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says that we are his workmanship. We are God's work. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. Unto good works. Which God had before ordained. God had already determined. Our, our place is to walk in it. God has ordained your expected end. You must walk to that, that, that destination. You will not miss your mark in the name of Jesus. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? You, you will, wait, before you die, you will fulfill the purpose of God. I said you will fulfill the purpose of God. Which God ordained, ordained that we should walk in them. You will walk in it in the name of Jesus. You will walk in it in the name of Jesus. Every grace of God upon your life will not be in vain in the name of Jesus. If you are a deliverer of your family, it shall not be in vain in the name of Jesus. If you are the deliverer of your nation, it shall not be in vain in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Which God ordained, 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 established. It is written, it is sealed. That there is a plan for your life. And so you are not a mistake. You are on earth to fulfill God's purpose. Somebody shout, I am not a mistake. Shout it, I am not a mistake. You see, the reason for this program is that even if there has been a mistake and things are not moving the way it's supposed to move this program is supposed to restore you and bring you to the place of dignity to the place of excellence to the place of glory somebody shout amen that is a that is the reason that is the reason take your seat it's just introduction the assignment of every human being please understand this that the assignment, the purpose of God for every human being is a threat to the kingdom of darkness <laughs> the purpose of God for every human being 
It's a threat. It's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So take as small as Nadia is. Nadia is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. When the devil looks at her, the devil is afraid. Tell your neighbor, when the devil looks at me, the devil is afraid. When the devil looks at you, the devil is afraid. Every Christian is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Every Christian is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Please understand this. That is what the Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10. That the devil came to steal, to kill, to destroy. No, I say. Why? I didn't see her. Because you are a threat. Listen, no matter the condition you are in. Can I say this? The only reason why you find yourself where you are is because of what is upon you. It's because of what is upon you. If you are not of value, the devil does not care. But if you are of value, he will come after you. He will make sure he wants to destroy you. He wants to make sure you don't accomplish what is on your life. If the devil leaves you, he's in trouble. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? So he came to steal, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the purpose of the devil for your life is to destroy your life. What God has ordained so that, so that it will not come to pass. Because it's a threat. Romans chapter 8 verse 30. Starting from verse 28. Whom he did preach. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. To be conformed to the image of Christ. That is a threat to the devil. Why should the devil leave you? So that, you see, you see, the total accomplishment of divine purpose is being conformed to the image of Christ. This is what it means. What it means is that the more you are becoming like Christ, the more you are leaving your purpose out. And the more you walk in your purpose, automatically you are also becoming or you are conforming to the image of Christ. And the devil will not stop you. I mean, the devil will not sit down for you to get to that point. For Paul to get to that point, he said, I have run the race. He, he had to say that I have fought the beast of hell. There is a fight we must fight in order to keep our place in destiny. If you don't fight, you will be pushed out of the race of life. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? If you don't stand up to the battle, you'll be pushed out of the race of life. A mess will be made out of your life and destiny. But I don't know what has taken place until now. But in this period, God is going to cause a restoration of dignity. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I said shout amen. amen. Like the prophet Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He said before I formed thee in your mother's womb I knew you. God knew us. He knew he, he had ordained something for us. He has programmed us. He said, I, I ordained you. There is an ordination upon your life. And that thing is a threat 
to the devil. Please get this. Get this. That the, the, every day you walk up and down, you are a threat. The devil does not like you. If he leaves you, he's in trouble. If he leaves you, he's in trouble. Now, let's look at this. What are the things that fight the dignity of purpose? I, I was just praying that people will not miss this. That is, we are looking at fighting agents against destiny. Fighting agents against destiny. Why is it that most people are not able to fulfill their life assignment? Why is it that most people retrogress? Most people become stagnant. Why is it that most people are not able to move as fast as they are ordained to be? What leads to the point where we come to that place where we need restoration? What is it? What is it? What is that thing that has been fighting Christians? Number one. Number one is that our personal decisions. Our personal decisions fight the dignity of our destiny. Our personal decisions. There are some decisions you take, you will say that it is, I just want to do it. I just feel like doing it. It is, it is, it is robbing you of the glory of your destiny. Somebody shout amen. Have you seen somebody who has completed school? He says that let me sit at this shop for some time. And after I was saying, okay, I feel like let me be here for another one year. Let me be here for another two years. You, you, it is a personal decision but it is robbing you of your destiny. That is not where God wants you to be. God wants you to go forward but a personal decision. Let me stay here for a while. Let me stay here for a while. Let me be here for a while. I feel the people but I will not write. Let me wait for a while. You are robbing yourself of the dignity of your destiny. Some personal decisions. This is not stimulated by the devil. It's not stimulated by God. You have made that decision. And it happened in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 11. Verse 31. Verse 31. Pay attention, somebody here. Terah took Abraham his son. And Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son. And He's talking about Abraham's father. A time came that Abraham's father felt in his heart that they should take his family and move to Canaan. Look at it. And they went forth from Er of the childish. Where was what was their destination? To go into the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan. That was their destination. But look at what happened. And they came unto Haran. And they dwelt there. Their destination was not Haran. Haran was not where they were going to. But when they got to Haran, they dwelt there. Many of us, we are going to our promised land. We are fulfilling destiny. But we have gotten to a place we have been satisfied. You are okay. He said, that, let me do this work for a while. 
after a while now he has forgotten that he has to apply for better jobs <laughs> he has become comfortable you are wasting destiny is somebody listening to what I'm talking about it is time to know there is a difference between Haran and Canaan the father just felt that let me stay here See, look at the problem in verse 32. What happened to him? And the days of terror were 205 years. Look at the pity of life. And he died in Haran. Do you know the meaning of Haran? Road. Road. The road that leads to the promised land. Canaan. Do you know that Canaan is the promised land God would promised the Egyptians. He was, so, he was on the road to the promised land. He didn't get to the promised land. He stopped. Many people here, you are listening to me today. Where you are is not your promised land. Where you are is the road to your promised land. You must not get, get comfortable on the road. What is 30 minutes to your assignment? 30 minutes of prayer to your assignment. It can do nothing. You are just on the road to destiny. It is time to abort certain personal decisions. He felt comfortable there. Don't feel comfortable where you are. Don't feel okay where you are. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? You must break up and move to the next stage of your life. Go to the next stage of your life. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? Our personal decisions fight the dignity of our destiny. Where God is taking you cannot be compared to where you are now. Look, God has called you as a prophet, apostle. Look at the way you fast. Look at the way you pray. You are on the road, but you have not reached. To get to Canaan, there are some giants you have to fight. And if you don't fight them, if you don't fight them, the surprising thing is that somebody will come and fight. The assignment of terror was given to Abraham in Genesis 12 5. His father couldn't get there. So God came to him. Said, Listen, you know, God didn't talk about his father. He was the father of his father. God said, carry your people now. Go to the land. Go to where I will show you. Go forth into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. You are too comfortable where you are. You think it is, okay, okay, let me wait for a while. Destiny is time bound. It is time to change your mind. It is time to take some drastic decisions. And take the next step. Take the next step. Somebody shout amen. amen. The Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Ecclesiastes 7, 8. Many people are able to begin. But few people are able to end. People get to the middle of the road and they sit down. You remember the scripture we read yesterday in Deuteronomy 1, 7, verse 6, 7, 8 and 9. They got to the foot of the mountain and they rested. It, it was a personal decision. We are tired. Let me sleep here. But God said that you, you must move now. Today I came to sound a trumpet to somebody. It is time to move from where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. It is time to move from where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. 
You have been there for too long. Change your prayer time. Change your fasting life. Change it. Change it. Change Change. It's time to continue education. It is time to apply for that job. It is time to move forward. Don't say that I feel let me be here. Personal decision. It will rob you of your destiny. It will rob you of the beauty of your future. Somebody shout amen. The place you are now, I can tell with all boldness. It is not your end. It is not your end. It is a step. It is a means to the end. And some of us have relaxed where we are. Relax. You see a small move of God. You lay hands on people and they fall down. So you, you think I have raised. Now you can't even pray again. You can't even fast again. You become comfortable where you are. No way, no way, no way. It is time to rise up from where you are. It is time to rise up from where you are and move on to the next step of your life. Go to Canaan. The promised land. Somebody shout amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. But I know that God is restoring us in the name of Jesus. I said God is restoring us in the name of Jesus. Listen. Sometimes. When you get to Haran. Certain things will let you know that this is Haran. You have to move. This is not Canaan. One of the things is that when you get to a place that is a temporal place, a time comes you become discomforted. The same place you go, you are okay. When you have to change up, you go to the same place every day, you are okay. But one day you just get there, some joy has left you. It is a sign you must change. You pray 30 minutes every day. You pray for 30 minutes and it's like, ah, you still time. There's something in your heart that is telling you that this is not where I'm supposed to be. Number two, another thing that will let you know is you lose interest. You lose interest. Watch these things. You lose interest. You are happy when the thing is mentioned. You come to church, you see a certain number of people, you are happy when you see them. But a time comes, a time comes when you see the people, you are, you are angry. A certain joy leaves you. It is to tell you that you are in Haran. You must move to Canaan. And these are, these are ways God speaks to us. These are ways God speaks to us. And you must watch it. Somebody shout amen. Cause amen. Is somebody listening to what I'm oh, talking about? So you, you are talking to people, he says that now I don't feel okay when I go to the office. It can be the devil, but listen, most of the times it is it is a sign. Move on. Move on. Move on. You have stayed. This is not your place. Don't start digging your grave in that place. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. The next thing that will let you know that it is time to move on is you begin to develop a bedding for another thing. A bedding for another thing. You begin to have a desire for another thing. Another bedding consumes you. It was not like that before. But now when you, when you are there, the the, 
Usual desire you have is gone. Another burden has taken place. Another desire has taken place. It is telling you that God wants you to move to your next level. Somebody shout amen. The greatest misery in life is not to know you are failing. When you are not aware that you are failing. Meanwhile, you are failing. When you are not aware that you have been in this place for too long. When you are not aware that it is time to change. It is time to move. You are not aware. It's great. It's one of the greatest miseries in life. But may the Lord deliver us from that. I said, may the Lord deliver us in the name of Jesus. May the Lord deliver us in the name of Jesus. Now, can I prophesy over your life? I declare in Jesus name. Wherever you are now, that is not your promised land. I declare in the name of Jesus, may the Lord put you out of that place in the name of Jesus. May the Lord cause you to leave that place in the name of Jesus. Any realm or level you are in, that is not your final destination. May the Lord place another burden over you in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Number two. Number two. I want us to finish so that we can spend time in prayer. Number two, disobedience. Disobedience is one of the things that have robbed many of the dignity of future. Robbed many of the beauty of their lives. Disobedience. Disobedience can position you on the wrong path in life. Just by disobedience. Not listening to what God wants you to do. Not listening to what God has said for you to do. I said the other time that when you are on the wrong path, speed is not an asset. No matter how fast you are running, if you are on the Sunyani road and your destination is in Accra, <laughs> it is not an asset. Disobedience can put you on the right, on the wrong path. Isaiah 30, 21. It says, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Walk in therein. From today, I declare that you will hear the voice of God in the name of Jesus. May the spirit of the Lord direct you and lead you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Look at the life of Samson. He was supposed to be a Nazarite. In Judges chapter 13 verse 5. The angel told the parents that he is a Nazarite from birth. So the mother was not allowed to drink wine. And Nazareth was not supposed to drink wine. Number one, Nazareth was not supposed to touch a dead body. And Nazareth was not supposed to cut his hair. Samson, he disobeyed all those things. He died a miserable death. He couldn't fulfill the mandate of God that was upon his life. Because of disobedience. I'm praying that God will strengthen somebody in the name of Jesus. Remember the story of Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17 to 28. Go to the Amalekites. 
As kill everybody, including the animals. Everything destroyed. He went there. He killed some people. Killed some animals. Took some the fat ones. And someone said that from today, your kingdom has been taken from Why? Disobedience. Disobedience has caused a lot of people to lose focus in the of life. Number three, and I'm closing down on this. Number three, one thing that fights a lot of us. Please listen to this. One thing that fights a lot of people. That us to the place. See, most of the things that happen in our lives. Most of the time we can trace it to a spiritual cause. Most of the time. Most of the time. Do you know that something as simple as the name you carry. I just said yeah, simple. Just the name. Just the name you carry can bring you trouble. The name. If you don't know, go and ask Jabez. 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 If mother called him Jabez, he suffered. When I'm talking about names, I'm not only talking about physical identity. Because there is something more than that. We have spiritual identity. Do you remember what happened to Cain when he killed his brother? God put a mark on him. And that mark was supposed to show the kind of person he was. There are some people that have marks on them. That pushes away your blessing. Marks on them. That attracts certain unfortunate things into their lives. Spiritual marks. So, as much as physical names have consequences, spiritual names and identity also has consequences. Somebody shout amen. You remember Jabez 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9? They called him Jabez. It was not well with him. He struggled through life. Things were not working until he cried unto God. And he said that God, you must do something about it. If names were not important, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the angel will not come and say that his name shall be Jesus. For he shall deliver his people. Your name defines who you are. Your name defines who you are. Let me say this. Let me say this. That is why you have, you must be, you ask them who they named you after. Don't you take things for granted. Ask them what who they named you after. Why was telling me a story of somebody who they named her after the great grandmother. Also. Not knowing that the great grandmother was there. Head of a of a witch's whatever. Now, him and she wanted to do renewal of power. Now, so she said o, that o, anybody that they will name her after me, now seed. Use them for the sacrifice. Oh, So this granddaughter of hers, this granddaughter, came, she didn't even meet the grandmother. The grandmother was there, the woman, and the woman was not giving birth. The name came, was mentioned, 
And she said, it's the name of my grandmother I heard. That grandmother has used her seed as a sacrifice for power. The, her only problem was that she was named after her. Some of the things we must be, we might be going through might only be because of somebody <laughs> we were named after. Let me say this. Somebody that even bathed you when you were young. He bathed you. Bathed, bathed you. The person just came. I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. They took you. They was bathing you. As, was, as she is buffing you, she is enchanting on you. That you will suffer. It shall not be well. It shall not be well. It shall not be well. Whatever your hands touch, it will fail. As she is buffing you, look at what she is saying. So, it... it uh, but I pray in the name of Jesus. There is a turn around in the name of Jesus. There is a change in the name of Jesus. I don't know who bathed you. I don't know who, who, who helped in delivering you. The nurse at the hospital. It can be the cause. The nurse. The things that were said over you. Sometimes when they cut the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord. Now, my Missunim, who say, Well, be a horse any a jay, could you amami? Why? Well, dear, and so so. You are not there. Now, in your I said, You were not there. Now, in your today, and anything that has gone wrong, yeah, because of any of such mistakes, that is not your cause. I know, now, yes, I declare restoration in the restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. In John chapter 1 verse 41 Jesus himself changed the name of Simon. He saw him he said you shall be called When I look at your future this Simon name will not help you. Jacob encountered the spirit of God, Jacob, the angel of the Lord. Na, na, he asked him, what is your name? He said, I'm Jacob. Jacob. He said, when I look at you, that's not what I see. I see Israel. Who is that? Jacob is a deceiver. Jacob Israel is a nation. Israel what I see in your life is not the name I see you. Why do you think David was the beloved? David means the beloved. Name David. has consequences. David just said other four. Name has a way of determining your future. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let me say this as a counsel to those who are here to give birth. My and man, those who will give birth. And if you have given birth. Go and, go and check the person you named your people after. Check if, One day, Reverend Patrick gave a name to the daughter. Is it not? He had something. He had some encounter. He realized something. Yeah. He called me. He said, Prof, I'm changing the name. I said, Good. I said, Good. Powerful change. So he changed the name. And on the phone, I declared the new name upon the child. Be careful now. 
But I declare over you, it is for your wisdom. But for your sir. case, we are dealing with it tonight. If there has been any consequences connected to a name that was given to you, I declare today it is broken in the name of Jesus. It is broken in the name of Jesus. It is broken in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout restoration. Somebody shout restoration. Whatever was lost because of an identity, I declare it reversed in the name of Jesus. I declare it reversed in the name of Jesus. I declare any spiritual identity that has been given to you in the spirit that fights you, that sabotages you, any spiritual identity, any mark, any mark that was not given by God, I stand in the name of Jesus. That mark is reversed now. It is reversed now. It is reversed now. Is reversed now. Somebody shout amen. Take your seat. Take your seat. We'll be praying very soon. But listen. The point number four. One other thing that fights a lot of lives. That makes it necessary that we need restoration. Is the presence of certain demonic authors. Please listen to this. We have a lot of theologies concerning this thing that I'm talking about today. But I want you to just give me your, your heart for some few minutes. And judge these things by yourself. Now listen to me carefully. An altar is a place in the Old Testament. An altar was a place of spiritual transaction where, where God meets man and man meets God. As much as this was a place of spiritual transaction, it's a, an altar is also a place of demonic transaction where demons encounter people. Altars are places of pronouncement and announcements. Wherever there was an altar, something could be said and it would manifest. Something could be declared and it would manifest wherever there is an altar. I want you to understand that there is a demonic altar and there is a divine altar. Somebody shout amen. Altars are places where people's lives are monitored. Your life is monitored point that when something good is about to happen, something negative is triggered. Demonic, demonic surveillance where, where your life is monitored. There are people when it is examination time, they fall sick. There are people when a door is about to open, something bad will happen. There are people one person will promise him, will promise you, will promise her, will fulfill it, will fulfill it. When it gets to her, something happens. There has to be a change of mind. These are all, we call them altars. What they do is that they monitor your life. They monitor your life. And they monitor to enforce demonic proceedings concerning your life. Somebody shout amen. Have you heard of people? Who have applied visa in the embassy? They never call them. Their passport disappear from the consulate. It is gone. I'm telling you, it is 
It is nowhere to be found. You, you write exams. You know you wrote it. After you have finished writing, other things will continue writing for you. You know you wrote, but you fail. What is happening? The demonic surveillance system watching over your life. Watching over your life. Somebody tells you, come to my office. I want to help you. That thing, that employment, I know somebody. He will help you. Come, I will call the person. The moment you, are start, you start calling the person, the person does not want to answer your call. A certain demon has given the person a knock in the dream. If you don't know and you help this guy, your life is in danger. Demonic authors. They watch, they watch the proceedings of your life and they fight. They fight. These things are real. These things happen. These things are real. Is somebody listening to what I'm talking about? Is somebody listening to what I'm talking about? But tonight, every altar will catch fire. I said tonight, every altar will catch fire. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. In Judges chapter 6 verse 1 and 20 to 20, God called Gideon. <laughs> and he said, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a man of glory. He said, but you see, destroy the altars of your father's house. Destroy it. God told you, you are a mighty man. Go and destroy the altars. Gideon woke up at night and crashed all the altars. Tonight is the night some altars must be crushed in the name of Jesus. I said some altars must be crushed in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Altars affect our welfare on earth. It affects it. The altar of God prospers people. But altars fight, demonic altars fight against the world. Remember the altar of Elijah. When he was fighting the prophets of Baal. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 20 and 40. All of them set up their altar. The prophets of Baal set up their altar. Elijah also set up his own altar. Today, some altars must be broken. And new altars must be set up. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen to me. Even if you don't love yourself, I beg you in the name of God. Because of the children God will bless you with. There are certain altars you must destroy. Because of the love you have for your children. You, your, your children must not go through that pain. Your children must not go through that cycle. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. Jacob had a change of life Jacob, at the place of the altar. Abraham visited the place. God said, build an altar. He called it Abraham, alcohol. Jacob was passing there. He slept on a stone. Jacob, Angels were ascending and descending. An altar has been established by his great grandfather. His father has established an altar. The altar you establish for your children will command the heavens over their lives. Certain demonic altars must be crushed. Certain demonic altars must be set on fire. Somebody shout Amen. I say shout amen. amen. Now, the way you are looking at me, let me say this. How do you deal with altars? Listen to me. The altar or the sacrifice at Calvary. At Calvary. Because on Calvary it was an altar. The altar at Calvary is superior to all the other altars. All the other demonic altars. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. 
So please understand, we have we are we are praying for from a point of victory. We are praying from a place of victory. Somebody shout amen. amen. And the Lord said unto the woman. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. So I want you to understand. The cross came to crash the case. The cross. The cross came to crash the case. When you believe in the works of Christ. You are. You have. You have received power over the case. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Lift up your hand and say the case is broken. Shout it the altar is broken. Shout it the altar is broken. Shout hallelujah. Now let's go on. I'm closing. I want us to pray. We have to deal with certain things tonight. How to know the activity of an altar? How do you know that this is an altar working? This is not, this is not normal. This this is an altar. Number one, when things happen periodically, periodically, there are some times that people's life, certain things happen at certain times of the year. Every January, somebody has to die. When people get to around 50 to 55 years, some families, people have to die. 50 years, there are some families when you break through, it's, it's not a surprise. They know you break through. But the moment you start, they know you will come down. They know. There is a presence of a that fights greatness. Is somebody listen to what I'm saying? Certain things happen periodically. Periodically. Certain periods and seasons of life. Certain things happen. When things are happening like that, know that it is the presence of an altar. An altar is there. That is fighting that agenda. Number two. It's near success syndrome. You are getting close to your breakthrough. Almost close. Almost close. Something happens. Almost close. Something happens. Anytime you are close. People will go out with you. You will go out with people. When you are almost about marriage. Some demon will enter one. And the thing will stop. Near success. The, the altar is fighting that thing. And today that altar must catch fire. I said that altar must catch fire. I said that altar must catch fire. An altar can supervise your life to the point where it says that this house, nobody gets a property. Nobody is able to get a property for himself. And so no matter how rich you are, you can never buy a land. No matter how rich you are, you can never buy anything for yourself. The best you can do is to serve people. The best you can do is to rent homes. You can never do anything for yourself. And your children, children, the children come and they curse their parents. They don't know that daughters are fighting their parents. And it is time that you rise up and you say that this altar will not fight me. This altar will not excel against my life. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Number three. How do you know that an altar is at work? Every year, at certain times, something happens. You lose something, something bad happens. Number four, you see your life repeating the same fruitless patterns of your relatives. It is happening to you. 
you see the same fruitless cycle. It is repeating itself. It is repeating itself. These are all things that are fighting people. The essence of this conference is that these things might have happened. We are not only going to destroy it. We are going to command a divine restoration. Whatever was supposed to happen, that has not happened. It is going to happen with divine speed and acceleration. Somebody shout amen. amen. You know in the Bible it says that when a thief is caught, he shall pay back seven times. That is the law of God. So tonight as we catch the altar, the altar is going to release a sevenfold. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Rise up on your feet somebody. Rise up on your feet. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe this word will produce results in your life as you give attention to it. For more messages, kindly follow Inokadise Ministries on Telegram and any podcast app for downloads. God bless you.